So welcome he- to another podcast about hello. This is <laughs> and a now podca- you won't talk over me. <laughs> this is a podcast about how Paul was forty five minutes late to recording because he was too busy playing Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> uh, I would like to submit that originally it was taking care of my uh, sick daughter, and then it was I have never played Yu Gi Oh once in my life because I'm a magic nerd. <laughs> And I was uh, coerced through a number of ways by both my wife, my brother, and uh, not not by my lovely friend here, but he joined in on the fun as things Oh, I friend. watched. I watched you muddle around yeah. with oh, all those extra card types. I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! before Synchro Summons, I think they're called. Yes. No, no, it was uh, it was after Synchro because... Uh, uh, or Sierra was saying it was uh, whatever so you had synchros when you started playing and then it was XYZ which is when you stopped playing because then it was XYZ and then the dark cards or whatever the no there was white cards and then there's black cards and those are the new two editions and they both went in the extra deck and when I used yeah those play, aren't synchros the only thing oh. that was in the extra deck was the purple fusion cards and that was it that was all mm. that was in the extra deck so uh, yeah I remember the Yu-Gi-Oh! was the one game where you needed a flowchart to determine the different phases, and it was probably the most complex turn order out of almost any TCG of the really, really popular ones. I don't know. Magic is pretty... Magic's loosey-goosey. Your turn starts, you do whatever the heck you want, and then your turn ends. No. No, 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 no. Please, no. No, no, okay. Sorry. Your turn starts, you do upkeep, and then you you do whatever the heck you want. You missed the whole step already. I don't know how we're like having a discussion about magic when you can't even list the proper steps to have turned for me. Look, like, all I know is shiny cardboard that you asked to be paid in it one month, and that's a great video, and y'all should go watch it. But no one. Oh, did. you mean? Hold on, hold on. It's uh, oh my bad. It's in it's in it's in Lily's room. The two hundred and twenty dollar uh, box card that I pulled from from the box. Yeah. No, the, the card. Wait, you pulled a two hundred and twenty dollar card from that box? Yeah, but it tanked because it it was. Uh, in the process of that's when they were opening all the boxes. So it's still like 90, but yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause you didn't make a profit on that. Video, no, no, so. no, 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 no. Spoilers. It, it, so, so I opened it, video. you know, I opened it a couple months after, you know, the set had released when it released, it was like two twenty, And by the time I opened it, it was like one twenty, And then by now it's like 90. Oh, but for, for those of you magic nerds out there, I pulled in the double masters, 22 collector's edition box i pulled a borderless foil renin six and for those of you who care will understand how pretty card is and why it's worth so much except we're all excited for renin world breaker because that's just not fair anyway. Ooh, shiny <laughs> i mean yes shiny and broken just like every other version of ren has been okay <laughs> It's like every version of Blue Eyes White. Like, every version of Blue Eyes is broken. Why? Because it's a Blue Eyes. So you say shiny and broken, and that reminded me of something. So I was at a work retreat uh, off-site thing, which uh, over the past week, and I I did see this sign on the elevator, which I will will attempt to show to you on the video. You can see it. You can see it. But I'll put it up. You can actually read it. The light inside is broken, but I still work. And I took a picture of this, and I'm like, I will use this for a meme at some point in the future. Yes. Yes, you you will. Yes, I absolutely will. So just uh, just to educate you real quickly, briefly on the turn system of Magic the Gathering. There's like four steps. There's four steps. It's more than four, technically. Okay, go ahead. It's, it's, It's untap, upkeep, draw main phase 
combat, second main phase, ending phase. What well, otherwise known as end step, and then pass turn. Wait, that's Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What's magic? So whoever told you it was not is was lying to you. Oh. Okay, I was playing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's simple. Wait. Yes. What's so, the opposite so what of Occam's now, razor is where you just, if yeah. you can solve a problem with stupidity or you can infer something with stupidity, don't don't try to invent this whole big conspiracy. Anyway, let's talk about the scenario. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> that's all to say that I apparently now have to learn Yu-Gi-Oh! And you probably should just come learn magic, so it's fine. Yeah, probably. I did play Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day, but that was that was a mm-hmm. fun adventure a long, long time ago. Yes. Lifetime ago. So, actually, that's an amazing segue into the scenario video, yes. the purge video of don't don't imply a grand conspiracy where stupidity will do and now that, you have a problem with this i just want everybody to know that you have a problem with this it's it's incredibly difficult to do because you are so smart that when you're not being smart everybody assumes you are smart and so it's just a I, cascade of comedies i wish i played as intelligently as they assume that i always am in those videos <laughs> they make it sound like i'm this grand plan chess grandmaster who's attempting to be 18 steps ahead of them and meanwhile my entire plan for that video was give sean shiny boot make sean friends everyone else goes sleepy time night night and that was it that was my entire plan for the scenario i went in without a plan so and they invented this grand conspiracy. <laughs> so I think you have to understand you've never seen this anime. But we're going to jump into the world of anime. Here we go the again. The anime the is, the the anime is called Overlord. Okay. The whole concept is it's another like sort art online kind of idea where the dude like is in there to celebrate this game's closing servers final moments and then he doesn't log out. Like he just stays and then can't figure out why. And all of the NPCs actually come to life, like all of them and all the ones his friends created that were still there all the way. Anyway, the whole idea. Yeah. So he becomes the leader of this thing. The problem is, is he's just sitting there going, I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what anything is. I have no clue how I'm still here, much less how the world actually works now that I'm here. But apparently I can cast like level 12 magic and not blink an eye. So great. I'm still my character. And so everybody else in this entire like world assumes him to be like God because he kind of is like his character is that overpowered. But the problem is, is they're all like, oh, like Einsama was planning lists off this like 30 year plan of bullshit. And he's just like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So and that's exactly what you are the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, no, kind of. So it is funny because in the Game of Thrones scenario, I did definitely play it a lot more strategically. And and that one was very like king in the north. But realistically, the strategy even there was don't die. Find one person to ally with and don't die. And, And that was the entire the entire thing. And I love amongst that group. And then that gets to the ending. And there have been comments on the video. Some have been very reasonable some have been a little less than so about how the ending of that one was kind of underwhelming and you know what i kind of agree yes it it was kind of an anti-climax there was no big fight the real purge was the friends we made along the way and yeah i got you i'm leaving i got you i got you to laugh (laughs) 
Uh, but that's uh, that's the that's the yeah. interesting part of it being an unscripted series is, is that sometimes the ending is just oh well that happened okay yeah <laughs> so we'll see we're, we're talking we're talking about it internally there's some cool things that we could do uh for yeah. future videos but that's good uh so this week we kind of wanted to, to briefly jump over some of the, the Yu-Gi-Oh and magic fun just because we're chaos gremlins well also because like, we started like 45 games. minutes late so right well i mean we we you know we're, we're, we're chaos gremlins mm-hmm. along with our cardboard that happens to be expensive sometimes yes um and so we'll start there and we'll branch off a little bit into some D and wizard things now that the wizards D D summit has concluded and uh, i have some friends over there and <sighs> he's heard some good talk and then we have another thing that i don't even know about because legs keeps wanting to bring up cool new topics and so i just let him do so well, anyway I just I just saw you said a summit. We'll get into the D and D summit in just thirty seconds. Yeah. Can we can we just have thirty seconds of silence for E three? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and just for just to give you some context on there from little old Paul, um, E three for the past like. E3 is is one of the most like, almost luxurious ideas about an event that Once. has ever been created. Was. But, but not even that. Yeah. The idea of it is what sold the event. Mm-hmm. The idea of it is what has sold the event for the last pff, I, I want to say decade. It's yeah. not a quite that long, right? But let's say since, you know, 2015-ish, 2016. Yeah. And so one of my good friends, um, Eric, he does what he used to call the EA, uh, the E3 report card every year. And the reason I said EA instead of E3 is because EA always, forever, in perpetuity, got an F minus. Because they would never do anything fun. They would never showcase anything. Nothing would ever be like beneficial. It was you always know, loot boxes and all show, this stuff back in the day. They did show Anthem back in the day that one time. Right. But the problem is... It was anthem. It was nothing. <laughs> well, it, but but they didn't show anything tangible, right? Yeah. It was very much the let's showcase a trailer and that was it. So anyway, you know, he's he's done that since like the inception. Like it was he like the, the annual thing was a, a E3 report card with everybody on it, like Xbox, Sony, Bethesda, the whole nine yards. And my 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 thoughts about E3 are summed up in watching that report card over the years mm. die and dither and wither. And, and have nothing interesting really outside of things that they'd already shown or were going to show at other places. Yeah. With more fancy, more fun, more technical. You know, it's, it, it's like if you had seen this idea of GDC, mm. but lose its, its games part. Like E3 was an industry event. E3 was... Like the actual devs and then the marketers and then and then these people who who and the media who deserve to have this badge that was very particular. You earned your way it was in. A pedigree. Yeah, it was a pedigree, and over time it lost the pedigree. And so that's my thought about E3 in general. I like, got to go twice. Do I think? And I've never been. Yeah. So there's not even an emotional attachment for me. Like there was this wishy-washy hope that I would one day get to go do something cool at E3. Well, I tell you, so, I, I got to go twice, and the first year that I got to go, I earned a badge. And then they opened it up to everybody, and yeah. I f- didn't feel special anymore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it immediately yeah, that's lost. That's the same thing with a couple it. of my friends. Yeah, is like, what's the point of being special when everybody is? 
Yeah. And that's a really cryptic thing that like is quoted in 15 different ways from Sunday, but you get the idea, you know? And so that's my thought about E3 is it, I am sad to see it go because of the, the heritage of the event, not because the event deserved to stay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I think Xbox is doing their own fair. thing. Summer Games Fest destroyed E3. Summer and, Games and Fest, I think, like, is going to become that new block yeah. of announcements. The week of hype, uh, the yeah. the needing to process it and do it all after the fact. That's cool. I like the fact when yeah. everybody gets together and there's this kind of celebration of the culture. Uh, Jeff Knightley decided that he was going to make a juggernaut. He decided for whatever he gonna, reason, yeah, and, and he, he did. just did. So between that yep. and the games, the game awards. Like yes, I, I think the game awards are a little lackluster, but that's just me. Like there's there's not much, like the streamer awards are far more interesting than the game awards, and that's saying like, and, and I'm not saying that's saying something, but that's like well, man, that's that, a, when the streamers are more interesting than the games. Like you know, you that's need to restructure the format to, of the games. That's a testament to the culture that we've built up over the years. That's true. I say we, but right there's a culture to the the streaming a testament to the streaming culture that's been built up over yeah. the years that the people who play these things are almost if not more so potentially influential on them than the games themselves which is why i mean look at yeah. how many random games have kind of been plucked and chosen and become a meme and then become a tidal wave and then kind of fallen off shortly among after us. among us yeah like it, all guys yeah like there's so many more too, and that's not like it's and and I'm not limiting anything just to be like oh like you're not worth it. That's not what I'm saying. Please do not take you know if you if you're listening to this and you're a publisher or whatever. I'm not sliding your game. Please, <laughs> I played plenty of those. Them. Are two very good examples of a game yes. that just blew up because of streamer interaction. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, anyway, so um, let's talk D and D. That's that's the thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk D&D. Let's talk the other summit that happened recently that's yes. pretty critical for gaming and nerd culture. Yeah. So where do you where, I mean, where do we want to start? Because that's that's a, it's not a loaded question, but it's first let's let's educate on everybody what a, a summit of this is is really is. Yes. Um, because if you're not in the gaming or streaming space very intimately at some level, if you're not on Twitter a lot, if you're not, you know, somebody who follows the Brendan Lee Mulligans and even the smaller D&D creators of the world, um, you would have no idea that for the last, I think it was week, a large selection of D and D creators were brought out to wizards to talk with their team on D and D everything, where it was going, what it's doing, how to make it better. What, what do creators need from wizards and Hasbro to continue building inside their system and, and doing well. Um, and if you know the reason for this, it's because wizards put their foot in their mouth. About six months ago. Wizards, Wizards deep-throated to the knee. Uh, yes. It was the OGL 1.2, which is what they were going to call it, which if you've seen so many people who have built careers off of D&D 5e and so many different modules and Kickstarters and accessories, heck, I even made a few during the time when I was still doing loot tables. The laser engraver is mothballed in a box in that room over there. I'm going to sell it soon because uh, I don't have time. But... Uh, that was all built off of a license called the OGL, which said everything in the yeah. core original three books for D&D 5e was available for use with attribution. All you had to do is put a little thing there. You can fully monetize it. It's available. It's yours. You can work with it. It's all there. 80, 90 some odd pages of content that anybody could use. And Wizards was going to retroactively remove those permissions and then charge royalties 
and then they yeah. did like a one point uh, two point two on it or one point three on it, where they tried to just say we're just gonna do this other thing instead. And anybody, you only have to pay royalties if you're over three quarters of a million, which is an insane number. It's a ridiculously yeah. high number, but still, it was the it was the intent. So even that just fell fell flat. And they said, yeah. okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna OGL stays in place for everything for five e. And for stuff going forward, we're just going to use Creative Commons. We're just going to use a much simpler license. That's yep. what we're going to do. And people seemed to be satisfied there. And this summit kind of corresponds with the release of the movie. It's putting D&D very much in a much more public spotlight. Yes. But... And it's, I've heard it's incredible, just for anybody who I've heard is thinking is about seeing good. it. And yeah. you know, I'm, I am excited to go see it when I have time. Exactly. But... I'll you know, catch it on demand. <laughs> Realistically exactly. speaking, I'll catch it in six months when it's on demand. Uh, and I'll unless probably enjoy unless it. I make a spontaneous trip up to like towards your neck of the woods for a bit, which we may be doing, and then we'll just watch a D and D movie. We can figure that else. out. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for it. I've heard very good things about it. I I I know there was originally a disconnect from what I saw from a few creators about how Wizards wanted to treat this summit as a marketing event for the movie and new content that they were releasing. And the creators were there being like, no, we need to talk about what you've done and what you're going to be doing. And yeah. apparently day one was a little bit stormy about that kind of stuff. And then it improved immensely after that initial misalignment was addressed. And I don't know, as somebody who plays D&D, quite a bit who I still I have a game that I've been running for almost three years now at this point with yeah. people from two jobs ago still that we still get together on discord and we'll play yeah. once every once a month basically based on schedules uh I would who would love to make D&D content but there is very it's a very hard space to get into very hard yeah. space to get into it is very insular uh you can you can I mean, make that's, stuff, that's not even the main issue the main issue is just it, the the external revenue coming in from D and D for smaller creators who aren't critical role or D twenty or anything of that nature uh, is is very small because the Titans have it all. And it's not to say that the Titans are trying to keep it all. By the way, I would like to point that out. Hmm. Like critical role and and Brandon and D and so on, it, they are the safe bet. They are safe bet. Has bad. nothing D &D to do with them trying to hoard the wealth like a dragon. You know? it, it, yeah, uh, but like think about it like any other niche in content, right? Think about it in the Minecraft space, which we exist in. There are probably tens of thousands of people making content, of which there are probably about a thousand that brands would be willing to make a safe bet with at all. And probably about 200 that brands gravitate towards because they are definitely safe. They are up to a certain point, there's a pedigree, they're established, they're, they yeah. have a resume and a portfolio that people know and understand. And the Minecraft community is so much smaller. Than D&D? &D? No, D&D. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, take that and yeah. now shrink it by a, a 8x. And that's how those numbers work out, right? You have a half but The a amount of D&D streams that you'll find on Twitch or shows on YouTube that will have triple digits... It's like in five. terms of views or viewer numbers, it's incredibly small. Yeah, there's and I'm not and I, and there is nothing to say about those smaller ones not being great quality, not being great stories, yeah. nothing. Like that's not to say it any just of consolidates. That. Hey, there's a lot of it more so in the podcast space. I would say shout out yes. to the Severed Sons. Uh, you've seen a few of them in a few of the D and D stuff I've done. They're amazing. Go check them out. And what was what's what's Robert's one? 
Uh, there's Captain Robert, and then Jake and Josh for J and J Tabletop are also incredible. We've done work with them before. They're they're great friends of ours yeah. too. So there's a hundred. There's amazing creators, just like in any space. There's, there's so many others like Black Dice creators. Society. Oh um, my goodness, yeah. Uh, the Rivals of Waterdeep with Tanya to pass and and um, oh god, what's his name? Bill B Water. It's not Bill. It's uh, B Waters. Dave B Waters. Love him. Dave, Dave B Waters. Dave. M- yeah. Love him to death. And there's so many um, and there's other a bunch of other ones smaller spaces. with my friends, yeah. like in the small group, like women only tables, which are incredible for storytelling. Rec one five eight two, if I remember correctly, the numbers. I always mess up the name, but like Doctor Psycho Owls and, and has a crew that does it too every week. Like mm-hmm. there's so many good stories, and the issue is literally just that there's not enough people watching to go around yeah because people will gravitate to the bigger streams like and because for a lot of people this is safe this is this is a thing that i know will run its course yeah well not safe in the sense of you'll see the story through like we've even seen something like that on my channel with dominion falling falling through and and ending We're, we're having our this is being recorded the day before the goodbye stream where I'm basically going to yeah. blank it out and like, bleh, here is the story. Here's everything I was going to do just so people can feel uh, consoled, consolidated. No, uh, fulfilled is the word I was looking yes. for. I don't know why. Uh, with the story, at least what it would be. They can write their own headcanon of how it would have played out. Yeah. But if like, you know Critical Role is not going to end a campaign mid-session because one person stopped being interested in streaming. Ditto yeah. for D20, right? Or or one person had to take a month off of streaming for work reasons and other things like that. You know that's not going to happen. I think For our audio listeners, too. I was pointing at my own stupid face for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, too, I want to add on that, like, and the other thing is there's, D and D is an emotional activity. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be very, very honest about it. Whether you're a player and a participant, can be. Can or, be. or a, a listener or a viewer. Yeah. Um, if you were, pl- I, I would argue personally, if you are playing D and D well, and you will have your heartstrings tugged mm-hmm. in one way or another, in some form. Yeah. And to be able to do that, and this is just as cr- like for creators to be able to do that as a job, to to forcefully purposefully like week in and week out or however it is actively (laughs) go after and be like hey guys we're gonna walk on coals today uh, all i will say all i will say is we do not shame anywhere for their own preferences but it's basically walking into a room looking at somebody and going break me (laughs) well like and that's the point there's a lot of vulnerability associated with it too yeah so you know it's it's also i just want to give the the props to all the creators out there who are doing it saying like it is acting the summit was for you oh yeah the summit was so that the people who were there could look at the wizards right in the eyes and say by the way this is what we don't have yes this is what this is what we need this is what you are doing well, so please keep doing more of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so uh, these things happen all the time outside of Wizards too, by the way. Like oh, yeah. Bungie does them semi-regularly. Um, 2K has their creator summits and so on and so forth. So uh, these things happen if you pay attention. Mojang and, and Microsoft just recently did one for Minecraft Legends, and I was trying so hard to tweet them and be like, hey, hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like we have finally reached the point where the creatives get to meet with the companies and say, hey, 
we want to tell stories in your stuff. Mm-hmm. We want to be a place where communities gather in your thing. L- communicate with us and we can do it. And so I'm really, really glad that Wizards finally got got theirs. Um, I'm glad D&D, hopefully, for the better, is going to change over a long time horizon, not just, you know, as a result of this one summit, you know. The, oh, um, this is the start of a conversation. If yes. it goes well, this is the start of a conversation, not the end yes. of it, right? This is very much chapter yep. one. So there's the thoughts on the summit. I don't think you can say too much more than that without getting like knee deep into like very specific specific things. I I, I, I will say for a specific piece, Brennan Lee Mulligan is one of those people who, if you have never played D and D, if you've never watched what is realistically just live action theater and role play, go watch a bunch of Brennan campaigns you will have both your humanity shaken to its core as well as like brought to like the apex of existence in terms of like emotional output. Because I, yeah. what D and D does is almost forces you to take a look at yourself through somebody else's eyes and put yourself in situations you've never been in. Yeah. And so to watch people go through that and Brennan has some of the best one liners and mini monologues I've ever heard online on the internet. Period. No questions asked. I will say. So I watched. I've watched a lot of Brendan Lee Mulligan, and when I heard yeah. he was DMing for the Calamity four-part Alexandria? series, uh, Alexandria yeah. Unlimited, and he opens and he looks at the camera and just goes, "Fire." I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, this is feelings. Ooh, I have feelings yeah. now. I was not prepared for that, and it just I immediately think... like, like that whole opening sequence. Of that, yeah. that right there just immediately inspired, like, it set the tone for, oh, the this whole is thing. a story where you know everyone will die, they will fail, and yep. you still want to watch it. You still want to watch it all the way through. It was yep. so good. I, that, the way that campaign opened, if I remember how it is, it's with Lou, right? Yeah. That, the opening... The because that like the thing that happens with Lou is in that first twenty chunk. minutes of uninterrupted one-on-one role play, as you watch everybody else at the table just riveted. Well, absolutely just like, abs- riveted. Yeah, absolutely gobsmacked and or in pain at certain. I would things. also like to point out Lou and Brennan have known each other for a chunk. There is an there was an amazing amount of trust at that table that was bonkers. Yes. I loved so watching So the, the point that, that I'm making in general is, and I'll, I'll give a singular quote uh, and paraphrase it from one of, I don't think it was in Xandria. It may have been Xandria. But somebody, you know, looked at him and was like, no, like I'm making the decision. And Brennan, as one of the characters, I think it was the one of the villains at the time I remember, is like, no, you don't. Like you didn't build the roads. Like, like all the big choices were made before you even thought about making one. Yeah. Like, and that was an extended dialogue, by the way. So it wasn't like it was just off, like, ah, oh, Brennan being it, uh, man, glorious. It was it, just funny. There was that. Yeah. And then an, a near similar dialogue was delivered by Kang the Conqueror in the end of yes. Loki. Yes. It's like, I paved the road. You merely walked yeah. down it. And it's like, ooh, ooh, shivers. It's good. And I don't remember the which thing one is, was first. I think the Loki one was first, but still, um, like, that's. Yeah, no, no. I think Brennan's was first because Brennan's was 
was was was that line from Exandria? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because I don't remember. It might have been. It might have been from something. I'm pretty sure it was a critical. I'm pretty sure it was a D20 one from before. Anyway, point being, there are things that D and D. If you have a good DM like Brennan or uh, you know Robert even or um, like all these people that we know and we trust, like you will find out things about yourself that you have never thought about. Oh yeah. And it will shake you. Like, for one more anecdotal moment, just because I'm enjoying the storytelling here real quick. Go for it. The last campaign I played was with Robert. Um, We were on a, I think it was close to 50 50 episode run, something of that nature. We ended up in Kaldheim because we were playing through a a series alongside the current modules of D&D and Wizards that they were releasing. Mm -hmm. So we were in Kaldheim with the gods and goddesses of North mythology, etc., we ended up, to, to summarize the whole piece, in the Hall of the Valkyries when Loki turned all of the Valkyries against it, like the entire place. And so we didn't know it was Loki at the time, but my character died. And the leader of the Archangels, who was actually Loki, like polymorphed, chopped my head off, picked it up, brought me back to life, but only my head and made me watch the rest of the thing while talking to me about how useless I was and all of the bravado that I had had into facing them like 15 minutes prior. That's that, that, that moment (laughs) that messes with you for a week and a half. Like Robert at the very end, like apologized a little bit. He was like, like what else you like? He was like, you shouldn't have stayed. That was going to be the end. But y'all like, it was a total party kill. Yeah. The whole thing. And so I think with the exception of one person, something like that. Oh. And those moments are the moments while like they, they, what else do you say other than you experienced them? Yeah change the way you think about yourself oh, yeah. and the way you think about your, your people. Yeah. Because a lot of the times people, when they play Dungeons and Dragons, don't necessarily think about playing somebody. They play themselves which, in a variation. Which a is also fine. It's also fine. There's, it is. I'm not disagreeing. I'm yeah. just making the point that especially when you do that, like things will hit harder. Oh yeah. You'll make decisions. Like, and, and so it goes. And so the, had, my, my point in relating that story yeah. is be a little bit careful because if you play at a table where you are not open to being that vulnerable with other people, things will happen. Or not everybody's on the same page. And not everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So com- clear communication, enjoy your storytelling, and hope that this summit that was had uh, lifts all ships and raises the tide. I'm very so. excited. One of these days we should do a little a little D&D like miniseries or podcast one shot. Like we can. We can do it on dose. We can mess around That's on true. dose. Right? We, can, we yeah. can do whatever we want. But yeah, I would love to tell some stories. I have this world that I've been building for so long. One of my players is playing a changeling and there were never changelings in my world before. And he's like, no, 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 no. Here, listen to this. There's only like five of us and we all live together and we all act like we're a family, but we're totally not. But then I ran away because I got tired because we basically just became assassins because we're good at it. And I don't want to do that anymore. So there's that. And the last session that we had, he went back to that house where his his sister was there, yeah, and he wasn't rendered invisible by somebody else, and he tr- he's trying to drop a bag of gold on like a, a windowsill to like pay uh-huh. pay dues and also give them a hint that he's still alive. 
Yeah. And he got caught. He rolled off on a stealth use, even with advantage. So he's hanging over the top of a ceiling, and, and I told him he leans down over the edge of the ceiling, and he's looking at his sister's face upside down from his. And there is just two minutes of silence with everyone at the table. And it was like one of the first real interpersonal things that happened, even amongst yeah. this two-year game. It was much more goofy, slapstick kind of stuff. Yeah. And this one player is like, nah, I want to do this. And it's like, ooh, okay. All right, we get to do this. Yeah. I got messages from two of the other people in the party. They're like, how did you two come up with that? Okay, cool. Can we come up with that with something like that for me? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Like, Here we go. Here we go. And that's and and that's the power of storytelling. I love it. I, I very so, anyway, I very much love it. We're thirty minutes in, we've so we're gonna wrap it with one last we've little bit. A lot of the things that we've wanted yeah. to talk about. So let's let's wrap with with some fun advice from the creator world. Mm. Um, number one, please, 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 pretty, 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 please. I beg of you, and if legs doesn't, uh, that's fine. I beg of you, check. Your analytics, no matter where you are, no matter what okay. you post, no matter what it is, so let's do not give... obsess. Please check your analytics because you can post things and go, oh, my God, this thing worked, but it didn't work for this group of people. And that is OK. After, anyway. Yes. Po- video analytics are extremely useful because you do a thing, you release the thing, and then you see how the thing does. The thing I don't like with analytics is looking at live analytics because it can it it's it's right there if it's on the screen right there and you're still active and you're in front of it it can affect you yep. and it can affect how the stream will play out so i always say turn off your live viewer numbers i agree with that but vod yep. analytics i will pour over endlessly uh, even yep. more so now cuz i got invited to a a thing uh, but listen i everybody not everybody knows me well enough this is your thing um, i am the guy who will sit there and look at a single page of analytics for an hour. Yeah. Referencing and everything. And recently I'll go back to historical pieces and pull back and look at the other thing and look at this and then look at that. And, and it literally, if you were good at recognizing patterns as a human being, you're probably good at analytics. So, um, you did a thing, you You did a thing on our channel and you realized that every video that has had keyword in the first seven words of its description, seven, eight, seven or eight words did slightly better. So you went back to all of the recent videos from the last year and, and went back and added it. And we saw a 400 view per hour bump on all of our analytics, just flat from 4 PM the day before this is being recorded and 400 views an hour is, is not insignificant that is statistically yeah. significant so it was just so we'll really see. interesting seeing that little just doop. <laughs> now granted i will charts. say to for, for people uh, out there too this is the other fun part about analytics is you go okay was that because of that or is it because 5 p.m is when people get off work and they're getting home is it because like we're but if you look at the previous west, west coast lunchtime 5 p.m we yes, didn't have exactly that and that's my point so, so yeah. you have to pay attention to these things um and one more thing just because there's a twitter thread that i hated about it but i'm going to bring it up here do not, for the love of God, follow like creator advice that is aimed at this is what Mr. Beast does, you should do it too. Uh, Please, for the love of God. No. If you don't consume any of his content that's external to his videos, you have no idea what he's talking about. He will tell you straight up in every single one of those pieces. If like somebody comes up and like, hey, what should I do about blank? He's the first person to tell you, I don't know. He's like, I'd have to see all your channel analytics. I have to understand your niche and I have to understand your audience. He's like, because until then, 
Like it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So please, for the love of God, do not buy the $200, become a blank person in 15 Only days. Only buy our course whenever we initially release. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll tell you that too. They'll be like, Hey, Hey, like, I'm the only person who has access to this super secret I information that, that is technically publicly available because anyway, the point being, um, we were, uh, yeah, be careful. I, I say that generalized advice doesn't, jovially. doesn't really work on, on places where you are creating for generalized advice can get you from inexperienced to knowing it, it's that curve of yeah experience to knowing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. It's, I, you think you're the best, you think you're amazing, and then you get to about moderately good about what you're doing, and then, or sorry, you get, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and then you get to moderately good, and then you're like, I know everything, and then you get to really good, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, because to some degree, you shouldn't have to anymore, because you should be building a team that should be able to understand all of that, but also, you at that point have hyper-specialized to the point of, you know what you're doing, but you can't tell yeah. somebody else what to do because that's what they're doing. That's not what you're doing. I only know what and I'm doing. I will doing. tell you that is I don't hard. Know what you're doing. That is hard. I will tell you somebody who went through that in, I mean, I wouldn't call the company I worked for corporate. Like, Rare Drop was great. But as we grew as a company, it was, hey, Paul, you don't have to be a jack of all trades anymore. Mm. Like, we built up all of these skills ever that I now have that are just like a weird little toolbox of everything that exists under content. Do I do all of them to a, you know, C-suite level, executive level of ability? Absolutely I gotta not. I got to say, it's Do great. I have probably two? Yeah. Probably. Like, I'd like to think so, right? And so, you know, I can lean on those. But everything else, it, it got to the point where I was like, no, that's not your specialty in the company anymore because we have somebody that does that. Like, I, I, when I got hired back in 2019, good God, that's a say. The, four years now, right? Mm. For the first two years, I was basically an executive assistant plus the other things I was doing. Yeah. And about a year and a half ago, we got an exact, an actual executive assistant who went to school for like basically being an executive assistant <laughs> and studied like communications and, and grammar and stuff. And so all of a sudden, I didn't need to like take specific kinds of notes and meetings. I didn't have to coordinate schedules. I didn't have to do all of these things that I'd become accustomed to doing that like I was now super nosy about because I just used to do it. I was like, hey, what's going on with this thing? I don't see this thing anymore. Right. <laughs> I got to say, it's, being it's like, genuinely been very great to be able to turn off certain parts of my brain and just be like, yes. I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> it's nice. I was about to say, it's I think nice. I figure it out. No, you know? you've been figuring it out. It's been working. <laughs> but it's been nice. So like even with like the, the next hundred days is only at it's only like two thirds done in recording. I, I make the intros for all the videos still because that's the one thing. Uh, but I make the intros for all the videos still. It's the one thing that I don't, I, I have yet to be able to pry from my own hands to hand off. But uh, being able to take the rest, I've already started recording the next, next one. Yeah. Like I'm five days into it now at this point, which is. It's hard. I've died like hard. three times. I've lost oh. all progress three times now already. Hold on. My camera's fucked. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> What'd you do? So, so it's technically... <laughs> there we go. Is that better? I can't see you. It's still pointed down at your monitor. Yes. Okay, better. Okay, you're better. Um, basically, wife called me on the phone because something's going on. 
uh, with the baby. She's probably going to bed here. Well, but, um, on that note. Because that happened, my, my, my phone that I used for the camera got the phone notification. And so it technically stopped recording my camera for the moment. And so now it's all freaky and delayed. Well, on that note, thank you all for watching as we've gotten to the very deep end of the podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed, let us know what you think. There are no comments on Spotify or anything else. But hit us up on Twitter. We got a Twitter. I made one. I mean, you could My you could just tweet at us. You can tweet at either of us. I am Lagundo. You are. I'm. Uh, I love Mondays. And my mouse is disconnected. I was trying to tab because I think it's pod. It's pod about cast is what it, what the actual Twitter That's account like is. That. It's pod about cast on Twitter, which we made, which we will. You did something, right? It'll be linked in the description of all of these episodes and everything Wait. else. Reminder: If you want to see a video version of this, it is available on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/Legundo, yes. where you can watch all of the video issues that we were just talking about, as well as all of the other goofy faces I make while I talk, because you all know I don't sit still when i talk i fidget you don't no i mean closing yeah, thoughts I'm, I'm spanish and italian so just final thoughts hands. Fi- final thoughts you, you get the last word for today's episode final thoughts be good to each other remember that you need time for you too even amongst your chaos and busy schedule because you are worth something as a human being so please take care of you while taking care of everybody else and uh i'm a super deep philosophical person so i apologize for making you think about yourself when you're supposed to be disassociating and having a great time listening to a podcast with less you know pointed uh things i don't know have a great day guys